What's up, y'all? It's Steve Ewing here, and I'm hanging out on the Blues Hockey Podcast. Hockey Podcast. Your host is Jason. Chris is on assignment this week, so I decided to bring in a special guest this week. So uh, Benjamin Hockman of the Post-Dispatch STL today. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. I'm no Chris. I'm no Chris. No Chris. Uh, Chris uh, Chris would be uh, here, but on assignment tonight, so he was a little busy. So my co-host is... Well, little, I'm, I, go ahead. I'm saying I am no Chris. I, That's I, true. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, I want to bring y'all talk a little bit, a uh, little blue stuff. Uh, probably, uh, I have my eye on the Cardinals game as well. It doesn't not look good again, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, we'll hit on mostly blue stuff here. We got the draft. Uh, this will probably be up the day of the draft. So the Blues, as of record time, which is about eight o'clock central, uh, the day before uh, July six, there's been no trades. So if this is some happens overnight. It happens. So the the beauty of recording a podcast early. So um, we'll talk about this season for the Blues. So unfortunately, the Blues kind of came to a crashing halt in the second round this year against obviously the Stanley Cup champion, uh, Colorado Avalanche. How do you feel about a? You feel like oh, like at least we lost to the champions. That make it any better to you? Because I know some people I've seen that like that's kind of like the solace Blues fans use. We used we used to use it in the past. Like oh, we lost to the Kings in the past. We lost to the Blackhawks and they won the cup. So it's okay. Like if we got by them, who knows? But what do you think? Is that the kind of the solace that like we, you know, we seems that we took the champs pretty far, at least compared to a lot of other teams. That's a, a great, I guess, concept to bring up. I, however, it's hard for me to just, first of all, it's just frustrating that Colorado is the champion. Mm-hmm. It's infuriating that Stan Kroenke uh, is, a, is, is now the winner in, in two sports this year. And I guess when you look at the Blues, like, of course, you're making great points. The fans make great points. Like, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose to the team that clearly was the best. They won it all. So it's not like we can, you know, hang our heads in shame. We lost to the champions. But on the other hand, when we think back to that series, you know, the what-if game, right? What, what mm-hmm. if Jordan Bennington remains in net? Are we are we talking right now about how are we are we having a podcast strictly comparing how cool the two parades were the 2022 parade exactly. to the 2019? I mean, obviously they would have had to win two more rounds, the whole thing. But you know, it's hard for me. I just I just get frustrated uh, by the Cronky thing, and then of course the I mean, and we could talk about the Cadre hit for a whole pro- podcast, right? Just like the idea of oh yeah, of every, everybody in Colorado says it was an accident and everybody in St. Louis said he knew what he was doing. Uh, but the regardless, regardless of the truth, what truly happened was Bennington was out for the season and the series was different after that. Yeah. So as much as Huso kind of carried the blues during the regular season, unfortunately playoff Billy Huso is a little different than regular season Billy Huso. So uh, it was the first taste of playoff action. So I guess that's kind of like things that could happen under pressure, obviously, but um, yeah, I'm on the team of, if they got through Colorado, 
they would have won it. Because I just like I liked how they were built. Bennington was vintage Bennington, I guess you could say, back to that 2019 season where he could steal you a game. Like he was at that point, I think he could have stole a game for us. And I think he pretty much did a couple of those games or kept the blues in it. If you think about that whole series, they lost in overtime the first game uh, on a or like early overtime goal, but the blues scored late that game. Kyra to in game one against Colorado yeah. game two, they won obviously. Uh, and then obviously they lost with a couple of seconds left in game six. Oh. So you think about like a couple of little things. Also, remember they lost their top left-hand defenseman Tory Krug, so they're playing uh, seven defensemen for five of six games that series. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of what ifs. Because I mean, I also thought if uh, Colorado had Samuel Gerard as well, it's like he got knocked out by the blue by a hit during that series. He's out. So I was on the same page. Like, hey, give us those two guys. We'll give you your guy back, and let's just go at it. And that was probably. Uh, one of the best, I'll say, in the top five of all the series that went on during the playoffs. That I think might some argue top three. So, uh, Blues were in two really good series, Minnesota and Colorado. So, um, unfortunately, the off season comes around, um, and obviously, a couple of things coming up. So, the Blues have to resign a couple of guys. Sure. We have the the top three that everybody's focusing on. Obviously, David Perron, uh, Billy Huso, and Nick Letty. Uh, of those three guys, uh, which one, uh, which one or two? I would say probably one is all you're gonna be able to fit with the cap space we have. Who would you like the Blues to bring back? Well, I mean, I would have to go with David Perron. Um, like a fine wine, it's getting better with age. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely he wants to be here in St. Louis. You would think they would be able to work out a situation where he's not asking for the moon. Uh, maybe just a couple stars and, and a comet, if you will, but yeah. not the, mm-hmm. the moon itself. And it, look, it, certain athletes just thrive off of a teammate. And we see the, the, the chemistry of Perron and O'Reilly. And it's just beautiful to watch. And, and David, it's like, David, what else do you want? Like, okay, maybe you go to another team and you can make another million dollars. And of course, you and I would take one tenth of a million dollars right now. Yes. I'd probably give my pinky finger for it, you know, but when you've already made a bunch of million dollars, what's the point of going to a new team to, to try to recreate this awesome situation you already have in St. Louis. And Oh, by the way, not just on the ice, but within the community where you're basically a living legend because you won the Stanley cup. Yeah. So, um, Prom making uh, coming off contract making four million dollars probably do for a little bump there. Blues have about ten ish million dollars in cap room. Uh, Billy Huso would be the hard one to sign due to the regular season he had and the lack of really good goaltenders out there. Um, ton of rumors out there going on right now. Um, anywhere from Matthew Kachuk rumors are picking up again. We can go and we can do a whole podcast just on rumors today. Yeah. Uh, but I saw the um, apparently Kevin Weeks, who's obviously getting very Twitter famous on all his uh, breaking sure. news, which is great, uh, went on Toronto radio today and he uh, talked to apparently talked to Mark Andre Fleury, who said the St. Louis experience is very interesting. Ooh, so I mean, that, that would, would be phenomenal. Yeah, that would be a great and I'm also very good friends with David Perron. So David Perron coming back, that could influence him to maybe take a low, you know, low contract, win another cup, go out, obviously on top or is he want to deal with the pressures of like Toronto who knows that's a lot of things we could wind up doing so I don't think I, I think this offseason 
I keep going back and forth. Do you think this offseason is kind of a – is it a last hurrah for this kind of group of guys before the next kind of core is kind of being formed? So you kind of have the O'Reilly, Shen, yeah. let's say Perron. Let's say there obviously Petrangelo left already. So now it's kind of slowly transitioning to the Cairo, Thomas, Pareko, maybe you can throw Perunovic in there if you want to kind of be hyped on him. Uh, and Bennington, I guess, in that group. Uh, you think this is the last ha- hurrah for like guys like that as to kind of be the driving force behind the team? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, especially when you look at O'Reilly's contract situation. I mean, he, he's, he's the main guy that you brought up there. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a, and it kind of reminds me of the Cardinals too. And that's why I get so frustrated at the Cardinals' lack of urgency. And, and you know what? I mean, yes, I say lack of urgency. And maybe they'll make a trade tomorrow and they've been working hard on it behind the scenes for weeks and we didn't know about this urgency until the trade is made. But as you as you watch losses and you watch uh, frustrating pitching performances, yeah, you like you yearn for urgency. And the reason why is like you have this combination of a of retiring legends and two of the 10 best players in the game on your team simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's not apples and apples, but when you look at the blues, it's like the situation where you've got these. 30 something icons and these low 20 something rising stars, one of them literally an all-star in Cairo. Um, it is a really beautiful blend. And you want to hope that this is the year the blues realize like, this is our last shot with this group. Let's do whatever we can. And obviously with the salary cap and, and all that, it's not like you can, I mean, you're restricted, right? You can, yeah. you can only get Nick Letty at the, at the trade deadline, which was a nice get. I mean, you can't go out and, and get another superstar. Name, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that is what it is. But yeah, um, here's hoping that the Blues are cup or bust this season because they have a lot of the pieces in place already. Yeah, and obviously the kind of thing that popped up today on the uh, on online was apparently Tarasenko's trade request has not been rescinded, even though it seemed kind of kind of something got pushed to the background for most of the season and kind of the beginning of this off season. So it could unfortunately turn out that way for the Blues, where this is the last kind of the core is together. Do you hold on Tarasenko and hopefully, you know, you don't, he's your big, basically your big trade at the deadline, as I, we've heard in many of past deals. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Blues. So they have a good mix going forward. And if you look at the Central Division, the Central Division's always been very tough. I think Minnesota's due for a drop this year due to the massive cap hit they're taking for yeah. the contracts they bought out last year. Uh, obviously, Colorado is going to be continue to be good, and no doubt there. Um, but going forward, is this a team that you see kind of needs retooling? Again? Like, after even after this season, let's say, let's say both Tarasenko and O'Reilly are up. Uh, do you think the team is still in that mildly cup window-ish era? era? Is it, uh, let's say, window wide open, half open, or closed? Well, I think the the good thing with Doug Armstrong at the helm, and again, I, I've been so Cardinals-oriented the last couple of weeks since hockey ended that um, I'm using another Cardinals analogy here, but like the same thing with John Mosellock running the Cardinals is the good news is you're going to be competitive. And the mm-hmm. question is just, are you are you a great team or are you an elite team? Are you a good team or are you a great team? Like, But clearly you're in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do think that the Blues under Armstrong, even – if the o- O'Reilly's and the Perons and even Tarasenko's go elsewhere, 
um, twofold. Onefold is, if I'm even using that accurately, twofold, onefold. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I have good editors that make me look mm -hmm. better than I can speak. But uh, how about this? On one hand, you have this young core that's very, very talented. And we're talking about the draft a little bit with the Blues with the 23rd pick. I mean, some guys like Robert Thomas and Kyrie weren't top 10 picks, yet they're playing like yeah. top 10 picks in the league. Great work by the team there. So on one hand, you got these rising stars, but then hand, you'll, you'll have money to spend. And uh, yeah, so you would think that Armstrong with his savviness would be able to bring in players, uh, high-level players to play mm -hmm. at a high level. Yeah, it's uh, interesting in what they do because I've been waiting for that pick to be, get dealt because you know I think he's going to address that left-hand defense because he can't go two multiples off-season without addressing it like in a major way. Um, sure. I mean, you would think that at least. Doug Armstrong was not as – He'll, he'll make the move when needed, if it's good or bad. I mean, he made the Ryan Miller trade. We thought we needed it. Didn't turn out. But, well, I mean, obviously, then obviously the O'Reilly trade, we needed it. Worked out very well. So, uh, kind of some different things they can do. So, 23rd pick, they got a lot of guys that are options there. Definitely on defense. Uh, my guy, my pick would be Owen Pickering if they kind of get, if he's available. But I don't know if the Blues will keep it. Uh, you know, I know the Blues websites does a very good job of putting stuff out there. And they basically said, oh, he's a, he hasn't seen anybody he wants to trade up for. He'll trade back if he gets a chance. Uh, if he sees a trade he likes, he'll move up. He's just right. – he's one of the best of, like, not playing his hand and getting a trade out of nowhere. So, it looks like going forward, the Blues uh, definitely competitive. I think championship window open a little bit more. We'll see about this Tarasenko stuff and also Tory Krug rumors that are out there. Uh, Seems like the Blues are in on a lot of stuff. Who knows? Tory Krug can't take Tory Krug. One he's, he's your only good left defense <laughs> defenseman. I mean, um, I don't think Prunovich you can count on that yet. He, he's very good, and he showed it during the uh, playoffs a little bit. But I want to see him for a whole season. Actually, also hold up. You have to hold up to the NHL kind of grind and be able to play the 18, 20 minutes, not just uh, you know five or six minutes in the playoffs and think you're going to be a top line guy already. But very talented. I am excited to see what he can do with this season. So hopefully he is a St. Louis blue going forward, but who knows? Um, so obviously draft free agencies around the corner and kind of hit on those three guys. Uh, Nick Letty's probably gone. Tyler Bozak, unfortunately is probably gone. Um, really kind of a thin free agent draft, uh, like class out there. So I don't see the blues really dipping their toe into anybody big to fill that fourth line out but that's about it from what I can see at least. So uh, before I let you go here, uh, I wanted to leave, let the floor be yours to go ahead and uh, let people know where to find you uh, and anything else that you would like to promote. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and I guess the thing I'd bring up would be this, this ridiculous thing I do every weekday on the post dispatches website. My name is Ben Hockman. So I call it 10 Hockman and at 10 a.m., I do a video in the, uh, the studio uh, along with the, uh, the intern, Neil, and we discuss sports topics of the day. And I'm really proud of the set because I have mm -hmm. a Brett Hall starting lineup in the background. I've got a just sweet. Holy, just sweet. Yeah, yeah. Holy jumping homage to Panger. And there's something, by the way, as I, as I ramble here, I hope Blues fans realize how fortunate they are to have Panger and JK. Correct. And I've, I've lived in a few sports towns professionally now and I, and of that had numerous sports. And I don't think there's anybody better than Panger at what Panger does. And Correct. of course he, he put some personality into it, but like 
he he makes my wife like my wife who doesn't know much about hockey she'll watch the game and then the next morning at breakfast she'll sound like she works for the blues because of listening to panger and the way he explains things so eloquently and easily um anyway uh i love panger love jk yeah, he's one of the best yeah they're they're yeah. one of the best duos out there and i think i saw some kind of a poll that was out there and they kind of ranked all the 32 broadcasting teams oh, I, really? believe, I believe they were number four again ranked by fans like not only st louis fans but opposing fans so that shows cool. you outside of st louis they're recognized as very good obviously pang has a very good national presence being on the tnt espn broadcast but still it's good to see like uh, jk getting his uh due as well yeah yeah, and then and if we're doing this, obviously Vitaly and Kerber are fantastic as well. Correct. These fans are very fortunate, no question. But um, yeah. Anyway, back to my dumb thing is uh, no, I got ahead. this got my set with the holy jumping and the Brett Hall and and I love talking Blues, love talking Cardinals on there. So that's on stltoday.com. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a super super blast, if that's a phrase, a super blast covering the playoffs this year. Um, going to Minnesota, going to Colorado, mm-hmm. some of the greatest games I'll probably ever see. Uh, I was in the press box for notably the, you know, the comeback games. And, and, uh, and we talked about Tarasenko earlier, if he is indeed dealt, it's going to be, it's going to be sad because yeah. he had such an impact on this franchise, um, for so many years and his name's on the cup, but, um, business is business, I suppose. Anyway, uh, uh thank you for having me on by the way it was fun getting to know you and being on your show no thank you uh and also if they didn't find you on twitter where would they find you let's go with at hockman h-o-c-h-m-a-n that's okay, my check, uh that's my check that out and then also check out uh if you go to his twitter and you click on there i believe there is, is there a link on there for any of your books to buy correct oh yeah i've written four books um two of them about the st louis cardinals um one of them is called the big 50 it's 50 chapters about uh 50 cool moments in cardinals history which is super fun to write i'm from here right i'm from uh, i grew up here and 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 so being able to like interview dudes from the 80s and 90s is like mm-hmm. a it's like awesome. i have this fake job right yeah and then then i wrote a book called 11 and 11 and that was about the 2011 cardinals can you believe it's now been 11 years yeah, since weird. it happened yeah no. no right and uh that that's probably the best thing i'll ever write is this, this book 11 and 11 just capturing, trying at least to capture the essence of David Freeze and what he means to our town, what he means to our community, what he means to the franchise and his ups and downs afterwards and before and telling all the stories of, of the dudes. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing like the 2011 Cardinals from a baseball standpoint. And hopefully, I've, I've always said this and maybe I should just do it instead of just yapping about it, but I've always said the Jordan Bennington story, the life story should mm-hmm. be like a Disney movie. We're talking about a guy who was, I mean, everyone listening probably already knows this, but I mean, he was kind of getting too old as a minor league goalie. He was the fourth goalie in the franchise, and he takes mm-hmm. over a team that literally has the fewest points in hockey on January 3rd, gets a shutout in his first game, and leads the team to the Stanley Cup, the first in its franchise's yeah. history, yeah, and wins a game seven on the road. And that's that's Disney stuff. I know. I like the also like the trade tree of his as well. How we got him, like that's my favorite thing to dissect. And yeah, just being a Blues fan, just seeing like how many All Stars that you or even Hall of Famers you went through, and then you got Jordan Bennington out of it. So it's like, it's yeah. like I guess it was worth it because you started Scott Stevens and you eventually wind up with Jordan Bennington. <laughs> so it's yeah. one. Of, it's 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 one of the coolest stories and made that whole 
that whole like experience in 2019 from beginning of the playoffs and just Pat Maroon's goal to uh, how Bennington just would steal, how he would steal a couple of games. And, you know, like, you know, David Perron's goal after Ty Bozak tripped uh, uh, Atari, yeah. Atari. And so it's, like I said, there's always something, if you go back and talk about that, I think, uh, I think we just probably about the five year mark will probably be a big, like we'll do a retrospect on it and you'll just see, like, go back and think about those moments that they were in during that run. And you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. There's the big ones, yeah. but you just forget about them. And so, yeah, Biddington, uh, I'm really happy uh, that he recaptured a little bit of that magic, this playoff run and was able to kind of, cause you know, you got the one hit wonder people started saying about him and stuff. And, you just hate to see that. And then he basically fought these fought so long and eventually he fought enough and hopefully it continues this this upcoming season though. Well, I mean, imagine this podcast, if he stunk in the playoffs or if he had stunk those final five games of the regular season. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and now we're talking about who's so surely going elsewhere and and you're stuck with Bennington or, or, I mean, I mean, imagine the intensity of this mm-hmm. podcast if, oh, if I know. those five games hadn't happened in the regular season or the playoffs didn't happen. I mean, I think there was a probably there was a probably a point if I go back and look at our I think there was a title of one of our podcasts that Who Saw Bennington, I think we had and we had a whole podcast discussion on what team could possibly take Jordan Bennington's contract and be okay with it if we decide to go with the Huso because he's in the midst of that amazing run during the regular season. So you kind of were thinking like, okay, we could sign this guy for probably not six million dollars and still get comparable you know obviously uh goaltending and want to everything works out it seems somehow one way or another for this uh franchise sometimes it takes a little longer than we like but it does work out so uh thank you again for coming on the podcast and uh your time and everything make sure you guys go out go to sdl today watch watch video every day at 10 a.m be a little bit of Obviously, we're in the midst of the Cardinal season, so obviously very Cardinal centric. But once the Blues season starts up, I know we'll have some Blues talk in there. So, oh, uh, yeah, go check that out. Any any articles are on STL today. Buy a newspaper, do all that good stuff, and uh, also uh, check out Twitter. Buy a couple books. Get in the <laughs> way to family. It'll be good stuff. So, uh, Benjamin, thanks again for being on. We appreciate it. Yeah, nice getting to know you, Jason. Good luck with everything. Hey, appreciate it.